Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world. Usually produced at the studios of 3CR, but today produced in isolation from my home on unceded Wurundjeri country and broadcast to stolen lands right across this continent via the Community Radio Network. I'm Tisha Nahern. At the beginning of the pandemic, the Morrison Federal Government announced the creation of the COVID Commission. Stacked with mining and fossil fuel interests, it's a little surprise that now, in September, the government is pushing what it calls a gas-led recovery. But could a different COVID recovery be possible, or maybe even necessary? On today's show, we talk with Dylan Goldsworthy from Workers for Climate Action about why we need to be organising in our unions and across our workplaces to fight for a just and sustainable future. And then later in the show, it's been 20 years since the protests against the World Economic Forum meeting in Melbourne, known as S11. We dig into the archives and listen back to 3CR's coverage of the movements that came together with the message that another world is possible. But first, here's Dylan from Workers for Climate Action. So essentially we're a group of unionists, workers and activists. Um, There's a group in Sydney as well. So we believe that um, mobilising our collective power as workers and as activists is is crucial in the fight for a just transition um, and for, for climate action, real climate action. And what sort of work has the group been doing so far? Well, we're a fairly new group, um, which has obviously been quite difficult to to grow a lot during coronavirus times when we can't meet and um, kind of uh, spread the word uh, when you've only got social media. But um, we've previously uh, taken part in an organising forums and also actions um, we've been organising in, in across workplaces currently um, in order to show solidarity for the school strike for climate day of action on the 25th of September. So that's just by um, encouraging workers to pass workplace motions uh, in their unions to organise actions um, and ultimately to push for our unions to endorse the day of action and encourage the rest of the sectors that they organise in to uh, to take action on those on the twenty fifth as well. Great. Well, let's talk about the twenty fifth of September. So, the twenty fifth of September is uh, International Day of Action. It's a part of the global school strike for climate movement. Here in Australia, the Day of Action uh, it's coming under the banner of Fund Our Future, No More Gas. So I guess let's maybe start with that context. So uh, as a part of COVID recovery, the Morrison Federal Government has really been pushing gas as a part of the COVID recovery and also as 
a low carbon technology. So maybe we can just briefly sort of touch on why you oppose gas and also what's been built for the September 25th. So many of your listeners, I'm sure, would have seen that um, the coalition has, over the last few days, in fact, in the last week, um, indicated a significant uh, contribution of public money to developing gas projects. So gas infrastructure, but also uh, gas plants as well um, in this so-called gas-led recovery, which has also been a large part of what the COVID commission has been pushing as well. So this comes after a deadly summer of bushfires and smoke pollution that the coalition government is pushing for yet another fossil fuel as uh, a so-called low uh, emission technology. It's just essentially trying to rebrand a fossil fuel as a transition fuel. And we know that it's uh, just as unsustainable and as polluting and will set back uh, any efforts to uh, to take any climate action and to reduce our emissions as well. Um, in terms of the School Strike for Climate Day of Action, of course, I can only talk as much as I can from a position outside of School Strike for Climate, but um, we're fully uh, endorsing the, the day of action, which, uh, like you've already said, is largely about pushing back against uh, a gas-led recovery and with, with the hashtag fund our future. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to encourage union members and, and workers to get behind that day of action to ensure that there's a worker's voice uh, in, in pushing for a just, just transition um, and pushing alternative renewable projects instead of other fossil fuels. Great. Well, let's talk a bit more then about uh, taking uh, workplace action and action through our unions. So you mentioned that the group Workers for Climate Action is sort of really focused on grassroots workplace organising. Perhaps we can sort of talk a bit more about why, uh, why you think that is an effective way to take action on climate change? Well, we know that workers coming together historically have created the space and the power that we need to push back against um, all sorts of social injustices and make the change that we need. So uh, I suppose it's a bit difficult in Victoria at the moment to really uh, push forward any large-scale protests or general strikes in in the current uh, COVID restriction environment. But um, I would think, and and the group Works for Climate Action Melbourne thinks that um, more discussion needs to take place about how we can actually stand up and fight back around um, protest actions and general strikes um, that can be socially distanced because the coronavirus is a small taste, we believe, of what true climate disaster and disruption could look like. We need to think about ways in which we can still take action that's responsible and healthy. Absolutely. I think that's um, a really 
uh, sort of salient point that what we're seeing at the moment, and, and certainly lots of people have been saying this right around the world, that you know what we're seeing now is uh, only the first kind of taste or sort of the beginnings of, of what will be increasingly more prevalent and intense disasters as a result of a rapidly heating world. But thinking to the future, what what are the sort of plans for workers for climate action in terms of organising? I suppose um, we would be continuing, obviously, to to try and grow uh, workers for climate action and to um, speak to as many workers and unionists as we can, but also to kind of grow uh, the connection and solidarity between uh, the workers movement and also the, the environmental green movement and, and, and um, the First Nations Black uh, movement as well to kind of make sure that there's uh, intersectionality and um, solidarity between the groups so that we can more effectively push back against um, uh, the coalition government but also dangerous and damaging policies from, from, any, from any government. So I think, I suppose, going forward, looking at making sure that workers in, uh, and unionists across different workplaces have the, the resources and the tools to push for a just transition and climate action and, and those kinds of goals in, in their unions, but also across their workplaces, but also growing the calls for uh, public in investment in renewables, not just private market-based solutions to renewable projects, but making sure the government puts a direct investment and stake into public ownership, reversing privatisation and ensuring that there's a jobs guarantee for workers in any uh, sectors or regions that are transitioning from fossil fuels to uh, renewable energies. Great. I'd, I'd really like to pick up those points that you made there around public uh, ownership versus uh, the government's funding private investment and also around jobs guarantee for uh, workers, especially workers in uh, fossil fuel intensive industries. So the term just transition, which you've mentioned, has been around for a while now and has really been developed from the grassroots and, and also from the majority world. But there's a lot of different people who use it with a lot of different connotations. Uh, and we can also see the Victorian state government, uh, which does have a renewable energy target like some other governments around the country. But this renewable energy target is uh, reliant uh, really on uh, a program of the government funding private renewable energy projects. So perhaps can we just sort of pick up those two points around what a just transition means, um, or what it should mean, and the issue of private versus public uh, when it comes to renewable energy technologies and why that's such a crucial difference and one that we need to be campaigning around. Well, yeah, um, I think that's a great point to make because privatisation means that uh, obviously that these companies are driven by profit, a profit motive rather than ensuring that the workers that could be employed in these sectors are provided with jobs and, and livelihoods that are sustainable and important that these kinds of industries uh, are managed and, and owned by 
the workers in these sectors and the workers in these regions who can have a say over how they're run and how profit is managed to ensure that it enhances other renewable technologies and can feed back into the workers' livelihoods or the broader workforce or society. Dylan Goldsworthy from Workers for Climate Action Melbourne. You can find them on Facebook. And make sure you check out the School Strike for Climate to see how you can get involved in the September 25th Day of Action. You're listening to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories on the Community Radio Network. From the 11th to the 13th of September 2000, members of the World Economic Forum met at the Crown Casino Complex in Melbourne. 3CR covered the massive public opposition to the World Economic Forum and the agenda it represented. Today, we bring you excerpts of those broadcasts. And I thought it was a bit symbolic that this meeting was taking place in a casino. It's about quarter past eight on this Monday, S11, September the 11th. It's pretty amazing, actually. I mean, not something that many activists would have seen in Melbourne before. Well, good morning. Uh, it's exciting to have this chance to talk about where this marketplace is going. We've got what must be about 2,000 people in the space under the Kingsway Bridge. And I repeat, what the hell are they talking about in terms of what is the globalization problem? We've got a bit of a sit down happening because we've got a police, uh, a police car trying to get through. Oh, it has been a difficult day here in Melbourne, not just for the World Economic Forum. <laughs> And good morning, you're listening to Monday Morning 3CR Breakfast with Andrew and Catherine. Um, today is the infamous S11 Day, um, which is basically nothing more infamous than a big protest that's occurring um, with various different members all throughout the community um, protesting against the World Economic Forum meeting in oh, Crown Casino in the city. National business forum that will not speak its own name, that hides behind a euphemism like World Economic Forum. This body's agenda, it is not the decision-making body the WTO is, but this body's agenda is to shift the WTO and member states and politicians further down the neoliberal road. Well, the World Trade Organisation is made up of governments. It was formed about five years ago, uh, so it's a relatively new organisation. And in theory, um, the, it's supposed to be a, a voting organisation for governments where they come together and make agreements about international trade. But in reality, um, it is not a democratic organisation. Davos, high up in the Swiss Alps, is not the centre of a global capitalist conspiracy to divide up the world. Davos is where the global elite meets under the umbrella of the World Economic Forum to iron out a rough consensus on how to ideologically confront and diffuse challenges to the system. All the meetings are closed. Um, they're not uh, open to the media or, or to the public. Um, there are no um, non-government community organisation observers, uh, but business plays a very big role in lobbying these meetings, both 
attending because they have resources to attend um, and lobbying individual governments. The global structures that have been put in place under the name of globalization include the structural adjustment programs of the third world launched by the World Bank and IMF with a combination of liberalized imports, liberalized exports, change your logic from meeting your needs to selling luxury commodities for cheap and buying your basic needs for expensive on foreign exchange. It's about removing everything that people have gained through struggles over millennia, over centuries, rights to have security of work. It's all very glitzy and glamorous and affluent and everybody's stuffing themselves with sandwiches and so on. Because if you have a situation where your health, your transport, your education services, your tariff powers are all regulated by international treaties in a way that stops governments intervening in the economy or intervening to ensure that people get decent goods and services and decent health, welfare and education, then you have circumscribed the democratic political space at the parliamentary level, at the citizenship level and at the governmental level. This kind of idea of empty ecosystems, empty earths, empty life, empty agriculture, as long as it's not run by corporations, is the entire assumption of globalization, that there's nothing till the corporations enter. And I would like to acknowledge that I'm on the Kulin Nation's land here in Victoria, and I am grateful for being afforded the opportunity to speak in this country which is a long way from my country. I'm here to talk about the nuclear waste dump, I'm here to talk about uranium and I'm here to talk about how they are vilifying any indigenous people who speak out publicly about the continual deprivation of our rights as indigenous people, indigenous communities. They're running us down and I'm putting a stop to this publicly. I'm sick of people like Westing Mining running me down. And I'm here to fight back. Richard Court, the Premier of Western Australia, turned up and uh, tried to uh, go through the crowd and there was a young Aboriginal... uh, bloke there, I think his name's Tony, who arrested uh, Richard Court um, uh, under the mandatory sentencing laws of Western Australia and uh, sentenced him to a, a period of detention in his car. The issues um, that are affecting Indigenous people in Australia are very similar to the issues that are affecting people in the third world and it's a result of you know the capitalist system that um, exploits the majority of people for the minority and, uh, and so people here campaigning to, uh, for human rights in the third world and campaigning um, against the globalisation of poverty um, are, are very much uh, the people that Indigenous people also, um, uh, especially in our group, want to support because uh, we think it's really important to realise that um, those issues are our, our, our issues as well. The present form of globalisation is nothing more than a new kind of colon- colonialism, recolonization, as we would like to call it. Now, if that is the case... 
And if we recall the history of colonialism, and if you remember the history of colonialism, they went around the same way. Oh, we have to civilize the South. This is the barbaric people who have no knowledge, who have, do not know what is, um, you know, the ways of the world. We have to civilize them. And they went, on, went to, the, to discover and conquer us and destroy in the process of whatever um, original societies we had. And if that was colonialism, and what did we do? There were colonial struggles, the anti-colonial struggles. We fought colonialism. We fought apartheid. We fought slavery. We fought the system. If that's what it means, then how can we talk about sharing the benefits of globalization if the system is fundamentally flawed? So what, we would, what I would suggest is that we cannot just talk about sharing the benefits of globalization, but we have to fight the system of globalization, and that is critical. Instead of being run over by the Globalization Express, people will be asked to quietly and peacefully roll over and adjust to the constant and unpredictable change and insecurity wrought by transnational corporations' search for profitability. for John Howard and all the other government representatives saying we're un-Australian, I contest that. I feel really shame that we are being told we're not Australian. We are the indigenous people here. We are the ones who've had foreign laws applied to our traditional law. The law of this land is respect the earth, respect other people and don't steal. And I'm sick of negotiating. And it is this new democracy that is pluralistic in which the local leads to change the global because it's the only way the global can change. In which all who have been on the margins unleash their creative forces to create new freedoms for all in an inclusive way. That's the kind of threshold at which we are. And we will not be criminalized. We will not be terrorized. We will not be afraid. We will just enjoy and have fun in this new freedom movement in which we all are. We've got environmentalists, we've got socialists, we've got feminists, we've got anarchists, we've got workers, we've got students, we've got women, we've got people from every different group imaginable and a whole range of people who never have really worked together like this in the past. And if we take anything out of this, we really need to take together this spirit of working together because we will not win this fight in one day, we won't even win it in three days and we certainly won't win it in one country. And what we need to do is stand up together and have international solidarity and fight this fight in all countries of the world with all its vulnerable and exploited people together. And it's no more an altruistic. So, I mean, I had a conversation, a lot of people said, you know, Australia is a very comfortable society. There are a lot of people, you know, who are, you know, we're not poor, they're middle class, they have, they have their homes, they have their cars, they have their TVs, and they're very happy, they're comfortable. Why the hell do they need to get involved in all these issues? Well, if you don't, you will be the next victim. So don't, you don't have to fight for altruistic reasons anymore. It's for the fight of humanity and for your own humanity, for your own survival. So we don't have a choice as a civil society in the world 
but to fight and struggle. Hugh Morgan, Western Mining Company and all these people who are getting rich on uranium and exploitation of all Indigenous people's lands around Australia, you can forget that because we're going to keep going. We, this is our life. It is the corporation that has become obsolete. It is the corporation that serves as a fetter to humanity's movement to new and necessary social arrangements to achieve the most quintessentially human values of justice, equity, democracy, and to achieve a new equilibrium between our species and the rest of the planet. According to them, we're all way behind when the fact is we know we're looking into the future and know the reality of the corporate mindset. And create totally new institutions that do not have the baggage of illegitimacy, institutional failure, and Jurassic mindsets that attach to the IMF, WTO, and the World Bank. Indeed, I would contend that the focus of our efforts these days is not to try to reform the multilateral agencies, but to deepen the crisis of legitimacy of the whole system. I think a lot of people are going to need a, a, a lot of support and debriefing time now because I think a lot of people are quite shaken by what's happened, but I think that a lot of positive things will come out of it too. This structure is unsustainable, it is unfair, and it thrives on inequality and inequity in all its forms. This structure kills people slowly and daily people die many times in all societies and in all cultures to sustain it. Every day we rape the earth and every day we rape the poor to sustain the few pockets of riches that we have. Can we really understand this, make the connections and join the fight against this structure? Can we? I leave you with this question today. I'm sure Melbourne will be remembered for the message that we are not terrorists. Defending our fundamental rights guaranteed by our constitutions is not terrorism but the very foundation of democracy and we are not going to give it up. was produced in the studios of 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne by Rachel Ma and Juliet Fox. We'd like to thank all those people who contributed material to this compilation and all those who added their voice to the protest. We heard there tracks from the compilation Globalisation Unplugged. To listen to all the tracks, and find a complete list of interviews, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash S11. You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's National Environmental Justice Program. I'm Tisha Ahern. If you missed any of today's show, you can find our podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. If you're listening via your favourite podcasting service, why not subscribe and give us a review? It helps spread the word. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earth Matters is produced on Wurundjeri Country with thanks to 3CR Community Radio. If you'd like to get in contact, you can send us an email at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or send us a letter, care of 3CR, 
And don't forget to check out our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. I hope you can tune in next time for more Earth Matters. Thank you.